This is a slaying moment. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slaying for Me. I hope all is well and you're staying positive, safe, and sane. And I hope you guys have been enjoying these last days of summer. Um, Labor Day is next week. Summer has came and gone so fast. <laughs> but um, it's so funny because somebody asked me last week, how's your summer been? And I was like, I feel like I, it's been one of those summers where you like, oh, I just, I, it's been summer. It hasn't been anything like I can't specifically say for myself that has been anything eventful that has taken place. Like, you know, they say every summer has a story and I can't, you know, this summer story is basically self-discovery. I feel like I've been on a journey this whole year, but this summer I feel like it kind of came and it was like, you know, you had plans. People already had things planned for the next summer, but I didn't really have no plans. I didn't really have anything solidified, any trips that I wanted to take or anything like that. So I just kind of felt like this summer was kind of thrown on me a little bit. <laughs> like I'm, I just was, it, it got warm and I was like, okay, I'm outside. Like we out here and we just gonna wander or figure out where we're going to go. So, um, I hope you guys had a really good summer and you're, um, ready for Labor Day weekend, getting in your beach day before they close the beaches down and it gets pretty chilly. Um, but other than that, I, um, have been really good. You know, I've been aligning myself with God doing, you know, doing my peace journey and getting my character development together and just enjoying life. And so, Last week I had on the girls chat, me and Jerrica, if you guys haven't listened to the episode, go ahead and check it out. We had a conversation about like, um, being in school and going to school and our journey in school. And it just made me think about, uh, you know, the, the topic of starting when you're in school, you start at a particular place and, you know, going to, um, going to school. Some people start going to school when they get into kindergarten and then you have kids that go during pre-k so some kids start the school um, lifestyle pretty early and some kids started a little bit later they get the experience life um and learn a lot of lessons at home before they actually experience what school is about and it just made me made me think about you know your start and your finish like the way that you started the things that you started with back in the day and the things that you thought you would be doing during that time, like in your 20s or when you were 15, 16, you, you know, you're finished. You haven't finished because your finish is when you die, honestly. But, you know, when you get to a point in your life, when that season, when you end, uh, you know, a decade, like people in their 20s and they're going into their 30s, they're like, dang, I wasn't what I, where I was thought I would be. Where I started off, I wanted to be a dancer. Now, I'm a real estate agent, you know, and I enjoy it. So the places and where you started, um, it's not necessarily where you're going to finish. And it's so that's such a powerful statement because it's just very, very true. And it made me think about the story about my mom. So my mother, I've talked about it. And I, she spoke about it on the episode, the Mother's Day episode. But um, so my mother, um, it took her 10 years to get her um 
degree, her college degree. And uh, so when she started, her goal was to go to school, get her degree and become a social worker, you know, work a great job so she can own a house for her child and own a car and just live uh, what we would say a standard life. But back then that was like life goes, you know, you get you get a job, you get your pension, you work your job for a long time, you be able to purchase you a home, you get your car, you go on vacation twice a year and uh, you live a comfortable life in a sense. But um, so during her freshman year of high of college, not high school of college, she ended up getting pregnant with my older brother and she had to leave school. So she started off in a school that was outside of where she grew up at, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. She ended up she went to Lincoln University, which is a, a historical black college in um, Jefferson, Missouri. And um, she was going to school to be a social worker. And then all of a sudden she gets pregnant her freshman year of college, which happens, you know, people get pregnant and they have to re-alter their lives. So she had to leave the actual campus because she was living on campus and everything and move back home to get a job and attend school part time. Because, you know, once you have a child, you know, you have to adjust your life. And in her particular case, my grandmother um was had agreed to take my brother and raise him while she was in school but my mom was like no you know I I did this I laid down and had this child I'm gonna do what I need to do for my child so you know I commend my grandmother for you know taking the reins wanting to take the reins but I also commend my mom for saying oh this is my burden to bear like this is my baby so I'm gonna go ahead and do what I need to do for my kid so for 10 years, she worked towards her degree. So she um, taught part time, like she worked part time and then she went to school at night. She worked during the day and she went to school at night. And her whole thing was about accomplishing her dream, you know. So if she was 20 years old when she had my brother, so it took her 10 years. It took her till she turned 30 to get her college degree. And I think that's so powerful to you know hear a story it motivates me a lot because my mom is one of those people like when she puts her mind to something she definitely conquers it she was like I don't care what other people I want to do this for me I don't care what other people think about it and I remember her telling a story about my um, brother's dad and she was saying how he was like, oh, she was like, well, I got to go to class. He was like, you still going to school? Like, why you just didn't give that up? And she made a statement like, I did. I wanted to do this for me, not for anybody else. This is not for my son. Yeah, it's going to be beneficial to him. But I always wanted to go to school and get my college degree. So, you know, she didn't allow for the naysayers to and people putting their um time limitations because people put that on you. People think that, you know, there is a certain age. Girl, why are you getting pregnant at 40? At your time and God's time at the same time? If God said that he want me to have a baby at 40, I'm going to have a baby at 40. I don't want a baby at 40, Jesus. But I'm just talking about in general. But, you know, people put time limits on when people can accomplish something. I was talking to someone um one of the guys, the maintenance guys at my job, and he was like, I should have learned how to do the AVAC system. He in his 60s. I'm too old to learn it now. I was like, well, your mind might not be as 
once as uh as sharp as it once was but that doesn't mean that you still can't learn you know whatever you whatever you put your mind to you can do it don't matter how old you are just like the lady lord rest her soul that was in black panther she went out to go audition and she was in her 80s and she got a major part in a major movie that was seen all over the world you know and that that alone shows that it doesn't matter how old you are you can do all things through christ that strengthens you and whatever you put your mind to and i feel like you could do all things through um through christ that strengthens you long as you have the mindset that god is always with you that's the same thing as i can put whatever i put my mind to i feel like you can accomplish so um at 30 she um received her degree in you know, she was very accomplished. She felt so inspired. And my brother, everyone was excited for her when she accomplished the goal. And, you know, because she sticked it out and she didn't listen to the naysayers, she became a teacher for 25 years. At first, I said she was going to be a social worker, right? That was her goal. But, you know, she spoke about it on the podcast and how, you know, the goal that you have for yourself is not the goal that God has for you. You know, sometimes the mission and where we start, how we want to start, like, hey, you know, I'm working on this at the beginning of my career, and then your career can transform into something totally different in regards to what the purpose that God has for you. So um, she ended up becoming a teacher, and she taught for 25 years for the St. Louis Public School System, teaching thousands of children, like even today. There are kids that come up to my mom. She don't know who they are. Don't know what their names are, but she remembers their face, but they remember her and they come up and be like, Oh my God, when I was in your class, I loved your class. I remember us doing all of these cool activities. And it's so many of her students that have gone out to be successful young people. Um, and, uh, it's so funny because when she was in a hospital earlier last year, one of the young ladies that was the nurse that was on her round was one of her previous students and she was like oh my god it's miss mccoy and she was so excited to see my mom and she you know my mom was so excited to see her and she remembers her remembered her which is you know my mom remembering it she didn't know the child's name but she remembered who the child was and what type of student she was and she was like you always were smart she was like I'm so she's like I'm not shocked that you are where you are today and the young lady was just saying how you know my mom impacted her so you know you stick with your goal you never know who you are going to inspire and whose life you're going to transform so your start is not necessarily what your finish is going to be but you got to be consistent and this story stills inspires me today because when I'm dealing with all of my doubters and with all of the doubters that I had in my early years of life, my mom encouraged me, encouraging words kept me moving forward. Like, you know, the story that she, she would tell me this story quite frequently because she wanted me to know that, you know, don't let people naysayers get into your mind to tear you on what you, you, you have the potential of being, you know, and she wanted to instill in me that, you know, you might have setbacks because, you know, my brother being born wasn't a setback, but it was a setback because she had to realter her life for her child. And, you know, I don't want to say as a setback, it was a rearrangement on a board, on a chessboard. It was rearranging pieces at that point. And, uh, you know, 
it doesn't matter where you start just long as you work towards the finish. Right. So, um, when I was six years old, um, my mom decided that she was going to hold me back in the second grade for another year. And this was due to the fact that I started having seizures at three and I, my seizures last from three until seven. And I was, meet I wasn't meeting a lot of the academic requirements that they that I needed to move forward in my um in the next grade so my mom decided to set me back so I can win which was true and I commend her for that because if I would have had gone forward I would be lost like I wouldn't have been able to accomplish half of the things that I accomplished because I needed that little extra time to um get myself together so this made me a year older than uh, some of the kids in my class, which at first it felt weird, but because I had my first seizure at three and between three and seven, and those are my cognitive learning times. So I don't know if people know about people that have seizures or epileptic, but it affects the memory a lot. It does. So like, for instance, if I was learning a lesson about, shapes or words or vocabulary words or something like that a lot of the time I will have seizures and I will lose those memories I wouldn't remember any of that stuff like my memory will be like I ain't never seen none of this stuff in my life so you know the times where kids my age were learning how to spell their name like I knew how to spell my name and stuff be prior to me having my first seizure at three I knew how to count and all of that type of stuff and then when I started having my seizures it messed with my cognitive you know I couldn't remember a lot of things at that time because my brain just wouldn't contain the information because it was a cognitive thing you know it's a shock to the brain to restart it in a sense um and your you know your memory goes so that affected me academically and at first I felt weird. Like I was like, Oh my God, I'm in this. Like I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it was. Cause I'm in the first grade. Like you, you know, okay. All of these kids that I went, cause a lot of the students that I went to school with, we have been in school together since preschool. So a lot of them, I was seeing them in different classes than I was. We weren't in the same class anymore, but. As time went on, I felt like I was in the right place. It was where I needed to be. Like, I felt comfortable. And a lot of my teachers worked with me to help me figure out my learning style. So, for me, being a former teacher myself, I taught performing arts for middle school students. You do learn that every kid has a special way of learning. And my teachers at the time, and I appreciate them, and I'm so very thankful for them, figured out a way for me through my disability to learn how to contain this information. Right. And they were very delicate with how they taught me. It wasn't like I was in a small class or anything. I was with my group, but I had teachers that were willing to guide me differently. Even if I had to sit next to my teacher while she does this lesson plan or while I go through my homework so she can encourage me. Cause a lot of it was a lot of, Academically, for me, it was a lot of encouraging because I felt like I was so frustrated because I didn't know and I knew that I knew, you know, how you have that moment in your life where you're like, dang, where are my keys? I knew they was here. I knew the keys was here. I put them keys right here. That was what it was like for me in school. Like, I remember seeing this. Why can't I connect 
where where I got this information from? Why can't it? Why is it? Why does it feel like this is the first time that I've ever seen this stuff and I can't grasp it? So it was a lot of frustrations. And two of my teachers that always spoke life life over me was my second grade teacher, Miss Scott. She helped me strengthen my memory and she introduced me to performing arts because she knew that I liked song and dance and all of that type of stuff. So in order to strengthen my reading skills, she would have us read scripts and we would have to memorize them to perform. And at first it was a challenge for me because I was like, you know, I can remember this stuff, but it was like a lot of words that I didn't, I I, I couldn't remember because I would forget them. But over time, I got really good at it. And that's how I strengthened my reading skills and my memory because I loved performing. If I can remember, if I can could remember a song, I can remember the words, my vocabulary words. I can remember the words I would read. I can remember so much. So she helped me strengthen my mem- my memory um, and train my memory to remember things, even when and be patient with myself when I didn't know it right away. And then my um, fifth grade teacher, Miss Simpson, she kind soul, Lord rest her soul. She helped me build my confidence um, and speaking in front of people because, you know, because I wasn't a strength, I wasn't my strength wasn't reading and I couldn't remember anything. I didn't want to read in front. I didn't even want to speak in front of people because I didn't feel like I had a voice. I didn't know what that was and what that sound like. And um, I was very uncomfortable. And she always would tell me that I was smart and intelligent. That's one thing that I feel like teachers don't. You know, a lot of people I hear them say that their teachers don't tell them, um, didn't tell them that they were smart. You know, some teachers highlight the criticism, like you ain't doing this right. Instead of saying, you know, there is a time and a place to tell the student you're not putting your best effort forward. I can, I can, I can see you do more with this. Instead of saying, you don't know what you're doing. You ain't smart. You ain't blah, blah, blah. You know, and instead of telling it, you know, you can also criticize, but also instill, you know, hope inside of them. Yes, I see you are intelligent. You are this. You are all of these things. I see potential in you, but you can do better, you know. So, I mean, I appreciate that. Well, my teacher, my teacher would would tell me, hey, you're, getting, you're, you're falling off. You're getting a little lazy with this. I need for you to pull, you know, do a, do a little bit more and, you know, pull up a little bit more. But then when I would do... But she will always remind me that, you know, you are smart enough to do this. You are intelligent. So don't, you know, your confidence to speak is all about how you, you know, what the work you put in. So I appreciate the both of them. So throughout my elementary school, I struggled to find my academic footing. I did. It was it was a lot of me, you know, every teacher didn't teach the same. I had those two teachers, but every one of my teachers were not the same. Some of them just didn't get it. Like it was a lot of my mom, um, you know, advocating for me and letting them know that I had a disability because being um, epileptic is not something, it's not like, you know, I have a broken leg or if I had brain cancer and you see the scar, it's not something that's visible. So a lot of my teachers didn't understand that I, it was sometimes it was an academic challenge. Things that other students in my class would get so quickly, I'll be like, I don't know. I don't know this. 
And my mom would have to come and advocate for me. And, um, you know, they kind of, they, they knew I had a disability, but they didn't really respect it. Um, and it was a lot of, it was a struggle and even my family members. So I had this one, one of my older cousins that would basically troll me about it. Like if I would be singing a song or something and we was in a car, she would cut the music off. And say, you don't need to be singing until you do better in school. Like in front of everybody. Like in front of like all of my cousins and stuff like that. She, I, f- I feel like she made it her mission to tell, to call me out in front of everyone, everyone and point out the fact that I wasn't doing that great in school. And it wasn't that I wasn't doing great in school. I was getting grades. I was getting the average grade. But I, you know, it was some things that I lacked because... I just needed more time. And uh, so one day she did it in front of my mom and my mom um, responded um, that she, it'll all come together in the end. And it, and it did. Once I, I had my last seizure when I was eight and I, the doctors told me that it was kind of like a genetic thing because my grandmother's brother used to have seizures, but nobody else in our family and my grandmother has 13 children. None of her kids, none of their kids' kids. I was the only one to get the trait of the, the epilepsy. For some reason, out of all of the 150 cousins I got, I was the only one. So um they said that I would potentially grow out of it because I don't know. It was just it wasn't something that was going to last long. So when I went to middle school, things began to change for me. I I could remember the things that I was supposed to remember. I was getting good, good grades on my test. I still struggled in some areas, but my mind was getting back to where it was supposed to be. Right. And uh I kept going and I didn't let those moments stop me. And by the time I got to high school, I was on honor roll and you know, I, I I became the person that I wanted to be. I always wanted to be academically um, successful. And my academic success was being the best version academically for me, you know, accomplishing, not being a straight A student, but being a person that felt comfortable, confident about writing my paper and saying, damn, I good, did a real good job with that paper and walking away from my tests and not feeling like I was defeated. I walked away and I'm like, everything that I remembered, I applied to the test. I'm going to pass this test, you know, and in middle school, I felt that way, like that confidence and all of that, I, everything that I wanted academically for myself actually took place. And, um, my mother would always tell me that, you can be whatever you put your mind to. And I, I wanted to be on an honor roll as a student. So I did. I became that person that a student that became on an honor roll. I wanted to take time. It might have taken me some time, but I became that person that I wanted to be because I put my mind to it. And once I understood this, the power within myself, I wasn't going to allow for anyone to cre- create the finish line for me. So... I remember this was like, I think it's almost eight years ago. I used to um, hang out with this girl. And I remember we went to brunch and we were talking like we were new friends. And this was just like, this was eight years ago, I said. So 
um, we were new friends. We were just getting to know one another. And, you know, normally when you have conversations with people, you'd be like, oh, when you graduate from school, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, catching up, trying to figure out where you are in your life, how old everybody is and where you grew up and when you graduate and time frame as far as like what you guys relate on. She's she is the type of person that had to display her, how smart she is. She always had to like tell people, you know, display it like, oh, I'm smart and I'm smart, you know, all of that. So we were at the beginning of our relationship and still getting to know one another, like I said, and we were talking about college and I threw out the date I graduated from college, which is in 2012. And uh, she came right out and said, those numbers don't add up. You were held back or something. And I responded, (laughs) what does that have to do with me graduating from college? And she was like, oh, nothing. Her response was correct. It had nothing to do with me being held back in school. It had nothing to do with me graduating from completing college. And I I wasn't going to allow for her judgment to affect my finish line. And I think sometimes when we think about how people perceive us when we go to our like i'm 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 far away from home the people that knew me when i was in school might say oh that's a they might either say oh that's alexis she outgoing she bubbly oh i remember when we was in school she couldn't read they might bring some stuff up like that i'm not gonna allow for that person's version of me that start version their start to affect my finish I finished, I accomplished everything that I, I got my own version of success. And, you know, a lot of the times you can allow for, um, people's judgment to, you know, take away your success. I was, I wasn't going to allow for her to do that. So I had to correct her. And I said, you know, your judgment doesn't affect my finish. I probably walked across the stage with a big smile on my face like my mom did when she finished college. And I meant and I was proud of myself. I wasn't going to let you rob that from me from something that started long before, I, you know, long ago. And there are people in the world that want you to focus on your start when which is long ago from your life. It, it's gone. You know, I already did it. Don't allow for people to continue to put their start on your life, right? What do I what do I say when I say their start? Because there are moments that they want you to hold on to that that there are moments that people hold on to of you in their minds. So when I say their start, some people like like I use the example of the girl when I um saw her, it had been years. I saw her on the train and she was like, you still me? That's her start of me. That's not my finish. That's not how I finish. That can be her interpretation of me. That doesn't mean that's who I am today. That doesn't mean that represents me today. That's how she perceives me instead of, you know, and that's fine. If a people, a person looks at you that way, that doesn't mean that you have to accept what it is. So it's their start. But you finish how you see yourself today. All of your accomplishments is for self-gratification, not everyone else. So, you know, when I think about, I used to be ashamed to tell that story about me being held back. Because I, you know, people always looked at me as this, like, intelligent person. And I don't know if I've created, like, this world within myself. Like, I'm intelligent, I'm smart, I'm this, I'm that. 
and I tried to create a facade, but it really wasn't facade. I, this is who I wanted to be. I am smart. I am intelligent. I used to be so insecure about that. But then I got to a point in my life. I was like, I'm still me. Everybody has setbacks. Everybody deals with, you know, have come against some challenges. And in my particular situation, I couldn't control the fact that my body and my genetics caused for me to have seizures. That was something that I, that was out of my control. If I could have controlled it, it's not, it's different from somebody that, you know, just don't want to do no work. They wanted to sit and just not be smart. That wasn't my goal in life. I didn't, I didn't start out when my parents prayed for me. They didn't say, Oh, we want her to be a person that doesn't want to do nothing in life. Most parents don't pray that for their children, but, um, I used to be so embarrassed, but now, you know, I, I've accepted that that's a part of my story. It's a part of my start and my finish is something different. You know, I'm going to finish how I, you know, how God wants me to finish. But that had to be my start because I had to be able to get to moments like this where I encourage people to know that their start is not your finish for that person that, you know, um, I, I was speaking on the phone with my cousin. He made a mistake earlier in his life that caused him to go to prison. And he was like, you know, people don't hold that against me. What I did, I said, it's not for people to hold it against you. They don't have no control over that. It's you not to hold it against you. Wherever you start, you always can change your life. Everything in, in life can change. A person can start in poverty, become rich. We see it every day. It's a person that can be on drugs and they can transform and get off drugs and change their life. It's somebody that can be um, really obese. Like we see 400 pound life. And then, you know, I don't know if a lot of them transition, but <laughs> it's some that do. It's some that started off. We started, we saw them. They was overweight. They was eating all this stuff. They didn't want to lose the weight. And then all of a sudden that something in their mind clicked. And they was like, you know what? I want to do this for myself. That's why I said that. All that you do, all of the success that you want, the success, your version of success is not for other people's gratification It's for yours, your own self gratification. Nobody else can uh, dictate what your finish line going to be be like other than God. You know, God knows what all of our lives are going to plan out to be. But I say all of that to say that, you know, if you're in that moment where people are seeing you how you used to be and you have become somebody else, don't even give it any attention because the things that you're going to accomplish is not even going to start, not even going to matter. <laughs> like I told the girl, what does me being held back from second grade have to do with the fact that I finished college? That was, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing. It has no power because I finished what I said I was going to do. So I encourage you, regardless of what people say, regardless of the doubters, the naysayers, the people that troll you, the people that try to um, tell you you can't accomplish what you can't accomplish because of how you started. Baby, show them. Show them better than you can tell them. Actions speak louder than words. You, they say all the time they have that mean, you know, how do I... um you know, the meme or the, the, the audio of people saying, you know, uh, proven with success, right? <laughs> and it's true. Sometimes you're, you just doing what you say you're going to do. I heard them 
I hurt people's feelings more than you saying a couple of cuss words to cuss them out <laughs> and talking about them. So I just want to encourage you guys to continue to walk in your purpose. Don't don't be focused on nobody else walking your purpose and the purpose that God has for your life. And your finish line is going to be the best finish line for you. OK, so I hope you guys have a great day. Don't forget to follow us and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. I don't know why I always say Apple Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Amazon Music, and RageWorksNetwork.com. And also don't forget to follow me, your host, Alexis A. McCoy, at Alana Fuss, A-L-O-N-A-F-U-S-S on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I hope you guys have a beautiful week. And don't forget, slam for you is the best lifestyle to live. Bye.